From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi there to everyone tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America, those catching the live stream on YouTube at Strange Planet, and those of you in the live chat. I thank you for your fine company, and I bid thee the warmest of welcomes. Steve E. Asher is standing by to share some scary stories from strange Kentucky and tales of high weirdness. Towards the bottom of the hour, David John Oates and Christian Dicadieu, co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio, will be here with some more reversals. And uh, I had the pleasure of presenting David Oates at a recent Reverse Speech event here in Toronto, where I met the nicest gentleman, 90 years old. He got up early to catch the 6.30 a.m. GO train from Bradford, not Brantford, where I'm from, but Bradford, to come and meet me. He listens every week. He records the shows on cassette so he can listen back. He even has like a scrapbook with newspaper articles about me. His name is George. Again, 90 years old. So I want to say hi to George, who's listening in Bradford. Hope you're enjoying the show. What a fine gentleman. So I offered to take a picture of the two of us with my iPhone, and I said, I'll email it to him. George, I'll email you the picture. And he says, no, 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 I don't have email. I'm afraid it'll get hacked. So I said, okay. I offered to print the photo and mail it to him. And as I suggested that, I said, oh, I'll mail. I'll mail you the picture. He's reaching into his change purse. And I said, George, what are you doing? He said, well, I want to give you some money for postage. Can you imagine that? Amazing. So I took the money and I said, excuse me, that'll be another 50 cents for the envelope. What do you think this is? (laughs) Kidding, of course. Seriously, George, great meeting you. And uh, I will mail that photo to you this week. Steve Asher is another salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. He resides in the great state of Kentucky, and as I mentioned earlier, he's a former prison guard turned paranormal investigator. He's the author of several books on haunted Kentucky, including Hauntings of the Western Lunatic Asylum, Hauntings of St. Vincent Academy, and Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary. He's also the host of the House of Asher podcast, And he also has a new YouTube series coming out, which highlights the strange and dark side of history. Steve E. Asher, welcome aboard. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, sir. How are you doing this fine evening? Terrific. And how are things in Kentucky? Ah, just just splendid. You know, uh, enjoying that uh, cool night air. It's it's finally cooled off. Uh, It's it's always so darn hot here, so I'll take those cool nights whenever I can get them. And are you in a rural, more of a rural area? Well, yeah, I mean, um, downtown Princeton, Kentucky, uh, salute, as they would say on Hee Haw, uh, but um, <laughs> it's, it's probably about 12,000 people total, right, uh, right. 13, 14 if you count all the cattle. <laughs> and Princeton, is it um, is it haunted? Is it a lot of uh, paranormal activity in Princeton where you are? There's a fair amount of things. I mean, you know, uh, 
a lot of frontier, uh, frontier areas, you know, like this started out really rough and bawdy at a lot of, uh, gin joints and, you know, deals gone wrong and, you know, people ended up in wells and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got its fair share of ghosts. And I mentioned you were a former prison guard and your father was. Did you both work right. at the Kentucky State Pen? Yeah, yeah, my father, or I should say, yes, sir, pardon me. Um, yeah, my father worked there through the 50s and 60s, and my grandfather was actually in there in the 30s for uh, running rum and counterfeiting. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Amazing. He was a rum runner. Uh, and when your father worked there, uh, they had a death row. Was it uh, operational? Did your father work on that wing, the Green Mile? Well, absolutely. I mean, you got to understand that place has been up since, I believe, 1889. And, um, you know, it went from, I guess, hanging and whatever up until finally getting to the electric age of electric chair. And now they have lethal injection. And the old guys that's been there longest can have a choice between riding with lightning or taking the big sleeve. It's, it's the only supermax in Kentucky at this point. Right, right. And uh, you told me one time uh, that you actually, I guess, kind of took a tour of the uh, the death row wing, and you sat in the actual electric chair, uh, just so because yeah. not because not out of a sense of morbidity, but you wanted you wanted to f- know what it felt like genuinely to be in that chair. What did you? What happened? Well, you know, as you mentioned before, I've always been a uh, I don't want to say I've, I've been a fan of the paranormal, so more or less the paranormal took an interest in me as a child, and I was it was very scary, and so I started studying to kind of understand what I'm dealing with and learn that for the most part you don't, these things can't harm you but as of the prison um, yeah well, they were taking a bunch of new hires through and anyway it was when I first started there and a lot of people were kind of putting and playing and acting like they're flying and whatnot and some people were kind of like I don't want to sit in that chair but um, I looked at it in sort of a sociological view of it you know you're getting ready to go you got about two or three minutes what do you feel how are you preparing yourself and so I'm like okay I'm kind of and it felt creepy the whole the whole wing felt creepy, but sitting in the chair, it is very sobering. And so I kind of put my hands down, and my legs up against the back of the uh, seat because they strap you down. They strap your head up against the uh, headboard because they'll put a large uh, metal uh, bowl, basically, but with a sponge full of brine, briny water, cause, so it helps with conductivity to electrocute. Right, right. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, what would I do? What would be my last thought? before they rode on three. And I was like, the only thing I could think of, you would go back to that little kid you were, like your older brother or cousin or somebody's getting ready to give you a knuckle in the chest. You kind of brace up. Well, I did that, and my hands kind of clenched down. And I felt it was just kind of a weird feeling. It was just an odd, ominous feeling. Anyway, so I got up, and the bottom of the uh, pad felt extremely, it just felt weird, like it felt textured almost. So I look up under it, and it's got thousands of little, like half-moon fingernail indigents, blackened, where they went into a death grip and their hands just, you know, fried against the wood. And wow. um, and when I went <clears throat> later to the commissary, didn't think much about it, because they cleaned this thing constantly, but I went there and started to sit down to eat, and I pick up my fork and get ready to take a bite of the food, and I first I thought the food was bad. I'm like, this isn't, this, this smells off. Well, I, I kind of pick up the fork, I think something's wrong with that, it's still there, so I put the fork out. I smell my hands. It's me. It's it's that acrid, sickly sweet smell of burnt flesh. That's oh my! Yeah, it's, it was. I took it very serious from that point. 
and I think I needed that as a young officer to kind of realize this is not a game. This isn't fun time. This is uh, literally life and death. Right, right. You talked to some of the other uh, prison guards at uh, Kentucky State Penn. What did they tell you about paranormal activity there? Well, I'll tell you. Um, well, let me tell, can I tell you one thing. You mentioned there were three books. There's actually now a fourth book out. It just now come out, and your your listeners on um, some radio are the first to hear about it. Uh, it's called Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary: Habitual Hauntings uh, at the Castle, and this is follow-ups and different areas and different famous hauntings like Kelly Moss and a whole bunch of different things I didn't know about until people started coming to signings. But um, as of what the officers feel, okay, you have a couple of different camps. Some people's like, I know I've seen something. I don't believe in it. My, you know, my, what I cannot deal with that paradigm shift. There's some that are like, seeing things, don't know what it is. Maybe they believe in, in God or maybe they don't. Then you got some that are just like, yeah, this place is, you know, chewed up. What was the thing Beetlejuice said? I got demons running all through me. It's more or less like that. <laughs> um, I'm not that far out, but I'm I'm definitely a believer in seeing enough things and correlating evidence to show that there are things there. And I mean, it's in, people have seen it since day one. You know, and, and that's that's the crazy thing about it. You know, um, every new crop of recruits because they hire in new ones because it's hard to keep people in penitentiaries. They'll contact me and go, "I'm reading the chapter." I just started working a place. I've been seeing things. Now I'm reading about it in my in your books, and uh, it almost gives them a little bit of comfort. Or sometimes they go, "Well, if it's not going to stop, I'm I'm leaving." So it's yeah, I'm still kind of very uh, erroneously linked with the penitentiary in that way. Right, right. And what are people seeing? What is the? Is there kind of a recurring theme? Oh, I mean, there's if you if you stop for every shadow for every cold spot. For every brush across your shoulder, for every um, thing in your office, it's mood. I mean, you you wouldn't be able to do your job. Um, the larger things that people would see is the shadows and almost like plasma balls that come down for cell house on Twenty Walk, which that is the old Death Walk Penitentiary has grown in over 150 years, and you know as time goes and state laws change, you have to have larger sales, especially for death row. And uh, so there's been two or three different places. Three cell houses had it. They also death row is, uh, is, in, is in six cell house now. But um, they will see a lot of activity on death walk, shadows, things like that, uh, screams. One of the things that they see in the infirmary is where you will hear someone, they believe it's an old janitor, he will be going through, checking the locks, picking them up, dropping them. Because back in the old days, that's how you would check a lock. You pick it up and smack it, and if it comes loose, you know it's not secure. Oh, I see. Right, right. And they have seen the, the locks literally lift and slam, lift and slam. They're going just down the road like that. And, um, you know, what I've told them, just like when I dealt with it, and I have wrote about that in, in one of my first books, just say, look, I've got it. I appreciate it. I'm doing my job. Go lay down or go do whatever. I've got this. And once you kind of make that, you know, uh, uh, comment to let them know, okay, I know you're here, but I have this. It seems like it lessens um, and for the next and waits for the next person. It seems like it's a newbie thing. A lot of times, new new folks see it. Oh, I see. The ghost of this janitor is kind of testing you. I think that's what it is. Um, you got to understand, you know, there's it's if I took you through the penitentiary, and that's overlooking the, the Cumberland River. Um, 
uh, it'd be easier to show you where there's not been death than where there's been death. So I, I, it would be there all day. Pack a lunch because literally it's it's blood in the ground. I mean, it's it's been that violent. It's a gladiator pit, especially in the early days when there was very little oversight. Right, right. Prison riots, prisoners killing other prisoners. Right. Well, and prisoners killing guards. Right, right. Uh, my my father, if, if, if I've got uh, time enough to tell you, my dad, when he worked there, he uh, there had been a riot. And uh, supposedly, and I'm saying supposedly because I do not have this in my hands, and I think they kept it kind of quiet out of respect for the families, a lieutenant who was running the yard office was beheaded. And oh. they were kind of rolling his head, kicking his head around on the uh, the circle walk like a soccer ball and then put it in front of the gate leading down into uh, the main admin building as sort of a message of this is our you know this is ours right now you may take it but for for right now this is ours wow that that's how that's how the game is played unfortunately and uh, it's pretty dark so whenever you have an area where there is sudden violent death that's you know that's going to be a paranormal hotspot do you feel like does it permeate with evil you know, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm a bit more of a dualist. So, I mean, I mean, I do. I think that someone who attacks and kills and rapes babies and all kind of stuff are those people evil. I definitely think that there's something wrong with them. Uh, do I say it's a demon? Do I say it's possession? I don't know. Um, but yeah, you definitely feel the malice and the uh, the kind of dark forethought of the people that dwelled there. There's something about it, especially if you've worked in that kind of thing and you kind of get a gut for it. You know, you get a little bit of a sixth sense about it. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and also it's all built on quartz, which quartz, you know, crystals kind of hold, hold psychic resonances. You speak to many people that do light work. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things. If I can ask, say one thing, I heard you and Jim talking earlier. I lo- uh, love Jim's show. And uh, he, he was talking about the Mothman. There's actually been Mothman's. Mothman sightings in Russell, Kentucky, which is just on the other side of the Ohio River, where Kentucky right. runs against it. But, right. Uh, I, I'm not surprised after speaking with Brent Rains, uh, who wrote a, this book about John Keel. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm now learning, that there were Mothman sightings all over the place. And in fact, Russell, Kentucky may have come up in our conversation. Um, I want to ask you to share a story. Uh, it's, it's about a bride that was laid to rest in a glass coffin. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was dark um okay up around morganfield kentucky this is out of my uh hauntings of the saint vincent's academy book um which i should probably mention you can get all these on amazon sorry about the plug but there it is um no please do please do well there was a riverboat captain and this is obviously during the time where you know um all these big tributaries come together and that was how people got things around you know if you weren't in an area where there was a railroad you still had steamboats and riverboats especially in the south a lot of waterways here. So um, anyway, there's a gentleman, and he married a young bride. Very happy, uh, very much in love, uh, was looking forward to having children. Uh, this guy was, you know, like in the, the day, you know, he was probably 35 or 40. She might have been 19, 20. It's just, you know, that was just the time. And um, she come down with something. I'm not sure if it was, like, cholera or scholar fever. It was something horrible and fast, fast-acting. Well, he was beside himself, obviously. <clears throat> All his plans were gone. Well, he took a good portion of his money and built her a very large ma- a mausoleum, 
and went a step further. And uh, this this happens sometimes in that time period. He made a uh, lead line glass coffin, airtight, where she could be there and he could visit her. Uh, he had a rocking chair set up. And anyway, he would go in there and he would just kind of talk to her. Um, as crazy as that sounds, I, I get it. You know, losing family, you know, you wish you could still sure. talk to them, you know. And um, so anyway, that afforded him a little privacy and he could talk. Well, one day, um, no one had heard from him. You know, it had actually been several days. And it come to uh, his home, and they said, well, maybe he's visiting there. Well, they saw the gate was open. It went, it went down into the mausoleum, and she, he was uh, he was laying out dead. And some people said it looked like there was breath on the glass. Well, of course, they checked the body. You know, she was gone. But the old sort of uh, folklore became, grew up around it that, if you go there, because there became a, uh, a little crack in the, the ceiling of it, and people could kind of peek through this little eye hole, and would sometimes could see the could see the coffin if there's enough uh, enough lighting, and there were some kids that would do that, and it was it was that, that you know proved your metal, okay here let's right, you guys right. go there and obviously uh, people started reporting seeing seeing like uh, the eyes open, you know like oh dear you know, lord. Just, just penetrating up to him, like, I see you there. Well, why are you on my mausoleum? Just very much like, go away. Um, there's a caveat to this that I just recently heard, and it breaks my heart. I was talking to some friends of the family of the uh, of the young woman. I won't give out the names, but apparently part of the roof collapsed and damaged the coffin, and at this point, the body just is dust. Um, oh, she, oh, I see, because yeah. it, was, it was airtight, and she's been there for how long? Do we know? Well, since the height of riverboat days, probably what, like middle 1800s, maybe early 1800s. Oh, my. So uh, 150, 160 years. Right. So as yeah, soon as probably, oxygen comes into contact, you're right. She would just turn to dust. Right. You know, and that's the thing. You know, obviously you let nature and water and different things, insects. You know, I won't get too descriptive, but obviously, you know, a, a body doesn't stand a chance. But... uh but yeah, people Remarkable. say though that people still say that they hear that rocking chair to this day inside the uh, inside the uh, mausoleum. Oh, great story, great story, Steve. You're full of them, and we, we we of course have now the fourth book in the Haunted Kentucky series: uh, Hauntings of the Western Lunatic Asylum, Hauntings of the Saint Vincent Academy, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, and the the uh, the sequel. To the Kentucky State Penitentiary, uh, the, the, the title of that again is uh, is the haunting of the Kentucky State Penitentiary: Habitual Hauntings at the Castle. Habitual Hauntings at the Castle, and that's brand new, available at Amazon. Very quickly, tell us about your uh, your podcast, The House of Asher. Totally. Well, you know, I had I actually had all my I had my werewolf mask and all my different kind of Lon Chaney looking stuff set up uh, in case we we happen to win uh, on over the video. But um, it touches on everything I like. It's it's a it's a very kind of selfish show. Um, it touches on a lot of horror movies. It touches on a lot of great books. It talks about a lot of interesting movies, different uh, strange uh, anomalous phenomenon that happens. Everything, you know, anything, especially um, just in the sort of wheelhouse of hauntings and ghosts and possessions and weird animals and crypto. <laughs> and how do we listen? How do we listen? Uh, okay, well, I mean, uh, it, it, I go through Spreaker, but it goes through, you know, uh, iHearts uh, or, or 
you know, iTunes, all those different ones, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, all those. But if you want to check it out uh, on YouTube, just punch in House of Asher, and it should take you there. And the upcoming uh, History from the Dark Side should be dropping any time, and that's about, like you said, talks about weird stuff here locally. And uh, but Fantastic. It's out into other parts of uh, parts of the U.S. and beyond. History from the Dark Side and House of Asher. Steve, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. You have a great night. Uh, happy Halloween and God bless. All right. God bless, Steve. When we come back, the co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio, Scary Reversals, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Just a quick programming note. Coming up next week, co-authors Marie Jones and Larry Flaxman will talk about the time prompt phenomenon. Do you know about the time prompt phenomenon? Have you ever looked over at a clock, maybe your clock radio, and it's flashing 11, 11, or, you know, and then the next time you look in the clock on your in your car, it's 11, 11. And everywhere you look, it's constantly, the universe seems to be screaming out at you, 11, 11. For me, it's 10, 10. I think a lot of us experience that. So we'll talk about the time prompt phenomenon, and that's with uh, Marie Jones and Larry Flaxman. That'll be next week. And just another reminder, please get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca. And that is your portal to everything that I do, essentially. Uh, all of my uh, broadcasting uh, projects. And uh, once you're on strangeplanet.ca, please take a moment and register. It's quick, painless, easy, and doesn't cost you anything. You will then automatically receive my Inner Sanctum newsletter. That's going to launch just in a day or two, and I'm very excited about it. I'm working with a wonderful illustrator artist down in Arizona. His outfit is called Atomic Werewolf Studios, and um, he's doing all of the uh, the, the graphics and, and uh, the layout and so forth. And it's a great way to keep in touch with uh, what's going on with all of my projects. So again, strangeplanet.ca, register your email, you get the free newsletter. And also, once you're registered, you qualify for our monthly draw for some great Strange Planet merchandise. And if you haven't been to the Strange Planet shop, Please take a moment and browse. There's great T-shirts and mugs and phone cases and hoodies and stickers and tote bags and all sorts of wonderful things. So, again, strangeplanet.ca. All right. We're so happy to have another visit from the co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio. David John Oates, of course, the founder and developer of Reverse Speech Technologies. He's a real pioneer, the first man to go public with reversals in human speech this is back 35 years ago and uh, since it's been sort of surreptitiously adopted by the cia the idea that reverse speech reveals a great deal about the unconscious mind and uh, david is uh, in toronto he arrived about a week ago from uh, australia he's flying back uh, in a few days, so we uh, we wanted to take the opportunity and have him back on, along with his co-host at Reverse Speech Radio, 
Christian D. Cadur. Welcome to you both once again. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? Hello. Terrific. And do we have Christian there as well? Right here. Excellent. All right. So you've dipped into your uh, your bag of reversals. Do you have any idea, first of all, David, how many reverse clips you have? Oh, well, well actually I do because we've just been talking about that very uh, topic. Funny you should mention that. There's 50,000 on the Reverse Beats website. Okay. 50,000. Uh, wow. That's on the Reverse Beats website. And there's a whole, whole lot more than that in my computer. I mean, you know, I mean, I, a million wouldn't, wouldn't be a conservative, would probably be conservative with all my um, client files and everything. Uh, right. Because you have reversals with your clients for, you're using it for therapeutic reasons as well. That's 95% of all my work, <clears throat> excuse me, is working in the therapeutic con- context. You know, I've got about 20 clients I work with on a regular basis usually. And, uh, um, you know, that's a lot of recordings to analyze each week and a lot of reversals that uh, get constantly add to, added to my computer as my bank grows larger and larger and larger. <laughs> so Reverse Speech uh, Radio, we should point out, this uh, this podcast and it's available at um, reversespeech.ca. It drops every Thursday, new episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, let me ask Christian yes. to jump in here uh, from Paranormal Contractors, and, and of course, your your expertise is in the area of environmental remediation, uh, specializing in crime and trauma scenes. That is uh, how did you? Um, I mean, how are you using reverse speech technology, and how did you hook up? With David, that was a great question. I, I had the. Uh, the I'll get you to speak up. I'll get you to, to shout it out, Christian. If you oh, know. I was saying that's a, that's a great question. I actually came across David's uh, information as I was uh, looking for different types of uh, training, different type of training, and with respect to uh, investigation, different tools that can be utilized in regards to. Uh, um, truth seeking and um, everything as such, I came across reverse speech and I reached out to David and then uh, you know it was essentially history from there several years ago, four or five years ago. Yeah, now. yeah, about, about oh, I think it'd be good five years ago. Yeah, about now, five years so. ago. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, became a student of David's and uh, then gradually client, clients client. and mm. from there uh, a director, a shareholder, and. Yeah moving forward and on and on. But the great thing about what I've, uh, which I'm very um, proud of, of course, is that uh, the ability which I've been able to augment the reverse speech technology into the world, into the realm of the paranormal, and it's opened up my eyes and given us the ability, uh, both David and myself, to be able to debunk um, the fraudulent claims on EVPs and people who have recordings from uh, even spirit radio sessions to knowing or a better understanding of what um, the the lost souls or the people on the other, the individuals on the other side, what they're trying to communicate and what their, in fact, unconscious thoughts are uh, and what they're uh, really trying to, to say. And, and it's quite amazing. It's uh, opened up our eyes into the paranormal and into the unexplained, and not just from um, 
from ghosts or apparitions or lost souls or spirits, even also into the whole cryptic, cryptid, excuse me, um, uh, field as well. So it's, uh, it's quite fascinating what we've, uh, collectively, David and myself and other members of our team that we've uh, been able to do. So in other words, if I could just, uh, explain, for for those not familiar, you're taking an uh, uh, an EVP, for example, that you've captured in a supposed haunted location. EVPs, electric voice phenomenon, uh, it's supposedly the voice of uh, a spirit or maybe a demon, um, and you're actually taking that EVP and you're reversing it. That's correct. so, and then you're able to determine from the reversal: is this a hoax? Or in some cases, it could be, it could be validating that it is an actual spirit voice. Yeah, that is, that is correct. And we, we have examples of that, uh, this evening for both, both case in point, uh, validating and also debunking. And it, it's quite amazing on how we've been able to, uh, uh segregate the, uh, the real and the, and, and the fake. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And this is just, uh, a wonderful example of the amazingness of reverse speech. You can take that same concept and apply it to uh, private investigations or something such as uh, a case of infidelity. Uh, save so much money instead of hiring a private investigator uh, to follow your partner or something to that effect um, and uh, to determine what's going on. You can circumvent all of that just simply by uh, using reverse speech and sending uh, David uh, an audio recording of a 30-minute conversation between a couple, and uh, you get to the bottom of what's really going on, who's being faithful, whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. Again, that's just one of many applications that can be used. But uh, we have people sending us from all over the world EVP recordings in order to determine what is going on, and so they can have a better understanding of the, I guess, the the meat and potatoes of their investigation. All right. So, do you have an example? At the ready there, David, of, a, of an EVP? Yes, I do. This is actually a very, a very clear and predominant one that is both uh, clear forwards and clear in reverse. Now, <clears throat> this was found uh, during a reverse speech training class, and we're actually talking about EVPs and um, um, unusual phenomenon associated with reverse speech. And then in the <clears throat> when we played the recording back, we heard this voice. You'll hear the voice quite obviously. I won't tell you what it says. I'll wait to. I'll play you the recording, and you'll hear this voice just jump in out of nowhere. Okay, you hear that? Voice oh my there? God, that was yeah. a, not a, a nice voice. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Okay, now forwards. It says this will stop a worldly sham or it will stop a worldly sham yes you hear that it sounds like a witch's cackle it's it's horrible it's horrible i know i know know. it's disturbing i know but that's one of the functions of reverse speech to stop a worldly sham and it came from a reverse speech class and we run it backwards and it's just as clear it says, High Caesar will not lick it, which is a metaphor. High Caesar, the authorities, the uh, right. those in power, will not accept it. So, High Caesar will not lick it. 
You hear that one there? Oh, I do. I do. Miraculous. <laughs> so that, that is an amazing example of an EVP. I, you know, it's interesting. Um, although EVP is not my field, I do come across it in because I do so many, so many recordings every single, every single week and occasionally I find them. And, and some of my students and practitioners find them occasionally. Just slipped in recordings every now and then. They're quite clear and obvious, some of them. Some of them you really have to listen hard to and you've got to think, mm, maybe. But, uh, some of them like this one here I've just played you are just extremely clear. Now David, before you hooked up with Christian, yeah, uh, uh, and co-hosting Reverse Speech Radio and partnering in in this. What did you have opinions about EVPs? And had you ever? Oh yeah. Per, per, yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Look, I first heard of EVP back in the early nineties. Uh, someone contacted me from a firm around then called Spiricom. I don't know whether they're still in existence anymore now. And uh, they sent me some EVPs and I listened to them and I thought, well, gee, I can hear them and they wanted me to run them backwards. And so I did. And, and yeah, they were they were just as clear stuff backwards as it was forwards. And I was fascinated. I, I personally didn't have the time to pursue it because you know, obviously my life is reverse speech. But, uh, but I've always been intrigued by because, I mean, some of them are so strikingly clear, you've got to say, well, where's that coming from? How's it getting there? And I don't know. Kristen's the expert on that. But, uh, you know, I know they, I, I, I know EVPs exist because I've come across them many, many times in my, in my career. I've got quite a little file here, actually. All right. Now, do we have an example where uh, an EVP played backwards uh, sort of belies its authenticity, or, or uh, I, I shouldn't say, I, I should say, betrays its authenticity. Uh, okay, now uh, uh, you've got this one, Christian. Which which one are we going to? Uh, what we can do here? I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's we'll play that when we come back. We're going to take a quick okay. time out. Okay. Right. On the other side, the okay. co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. The co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio are here. David John Oates, the discoverer of Reverse Speech, and Christian Dicadieu from Paranormal Contractors, Crime Scene, or Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. And uh, they've uh, partnered on this exciting new podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can go to reversespeech.ca or you can listen and subscribe Reverse Speech Radio dot libsyn dot com and libsyn is spelled l i b s y n l i b s y n reverse speech radio dot libsyn dot com. All right, we were uh, before the break. You were about to play uh, another reversal. This is an EVP, a supposed spirit's voice caught on tape, and uh, when we play it backwards. Uh, we may be exposing a hoax here. Let's have a listen. Okay. Well, this is actually not – uh, during the break, I actually went through all my EVPs, and I don't have one 
That is fake. But Crystal's oh. got a couple here that exposes the hoax. So yeah, okay, so, so what we wanted to uh, play uh, and bring to your uh, – actually play for this particular show is something we put together. And this was a video that's uh, circulating on YouTube. Uh, I believe it took place in 2003, and it was from the Wingate Hotel uh, in the state of Illinois. And it's actually uh, – I'm sure you must have seen the video. It's two maintenance individuals that are responding to – they're going to the second floor in the hotel. And uh, essentially, they're responding because uh, they're claiming that there isn't – they're hearing screams. And uh, on the video, you hear the two individuals talking with their two-way radios. So one of the individuals, the maintenance staff, goes and knocks on the door. No one answers, opens it up. And there's a CCTV, which – conveniently is pointed in the direction of the door to the room. As he opens up, he goes inside, the maintenance individual, and he happens to see that the carpet is torn up, all the furniture is turned upside down, and the water on the taps and in the shower are running. He walks out. Now, in between that, you see a shadow figure that comes out of the room and down the hallway. Now, I didn't know what to make of this when I watched the video and I listened to it. So when we ran it through reverse speech technology and did some decryption here, uh, I came to the conclusion that I call, um, <laughs> that's what I refer to as debunked, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you listen to it so you have a better understanding of what uh, I'm referring to because I have a bit of a theory what uh, what happened. And I believe we may have caught these people in uh, something which is uh, perhaps not the truth, but uh, I'll let David play it. Okay, so which reversal? We're going to do number one or number three? Um, let's start with... Uh, number three. Yeah, let's go to uh, number three. Yep, okay. So here we go. So here's the forwards. John says he hears the screaming coming from that room. Saying they're screaming coming from that room. Right. But in reverse, he says the street. And Christian would suggest that that implies the screaming is coming from the street and not the room. That's right. That uh, <coughs> that's exactly what I uh, my implication is. What, what's what I'm implying? Right. Benefits, uh, so the the screaming that is heard is coming from the street, not inside the house, which means it's probably not a ghost or a spirit. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, though, that the investigators are perpetrating a hoax. It could mean because the unconscious mind is saying. The, the unconscious mind knows the truth, ah, but the individual doesn't necessarily. Or I'm just trying to figure out if I have this right. Oh, you you absolutely correct. That's an interesting uh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Sure, you're absolutely right. The the uh, and I've seen that happen in reverse speech many times, where the conscious mind believes something, but the unconscious mind knows the truth, and so the reversal will be incongruent, suggesting the person's lying, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying, Richard? Right. They they're not purposely, you know, deceiving anyone. Uh, but the 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 as, because as you've described it to me, uh, Chris or uh, David, my understanding about the unconscious mind is that's the higher self, yes, which cannot is. lie. Exactly. Uh, but we're not necessarily in tune with our higher self. Right. But the higher self is, I'm, I'm guessing, somewhat omniscient. It knows all. Right. Uh, Right. And uh, so the the conscious self is not necessarily perpetrating a hoax, but the unconscious mind is saying no. It's the voice is coming from the street. Exactly correct. Exactly, you've got it spot on. You know, it reminds me of a story I remember just to 
just a little quick interlude. A woman came to me for session work. I did her reversals, I get, and I found in her reversals a whole description of an affair that her husband was having, and she totally denied it to me. She said, oh, no, my husband's not having an affair. She went home and confronted him, and he confessed. He had been. Mm. <laughs> so her, even though consciously she didn't know, the unconscious mind knew, and it came out in the reversal. All right, we'll take another time out. We'll come back and play some more reversals with the co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. is listening and so are you to the conspiracy show with Richard Sarin welcome back Christian Dicadieu and David John Oates co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio stay with us and uh, we were just about to launch into another reversal before the break what do you have for us now this was the second reversal on this Wingate Hotel so here's the forwards well we're sure that no one's checked into that room and reversal, I ran in the gas, no wonder her, can we say that word on the air? <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, okay, I ran in the gas, no wonder her, uh, I, I think it's a tame word, so we'll just play it. See, they can hear it. I ran into an... Something was right. screwed up, so uh, messed up. So I ran into the guest, no wonder, the mess up, uh, which then gives me uh, the reason to believe that I flagged this particular file because based on the reversal, it gives me a better understanding of what happened. My theory is is that someone was staying in that room, a guest, and an act of vandalism took place. Ah, right. So that's my understanding, and that's my conclusion on this particular file. Now... Moving forward on another EVP that we have, um, which is a very popular one, it's this one that circulates all throughout the Internet. It coincides with a picture, and it's a common EVP. It's, I have, I have the body of a pig. This is an EVP. This is an EVP, which was recorded. That says, forwards, I have a body of a pig. That's right, and you hear an oink, you hear yeah. a snort, and it is has a very disturbing picture of a creature. How did they capture the EVP? Uh, during an investigation. Okay, all right. So I am. I have the body oh, of a pig. Okay. <gasps> oh my God, that's clear. Wow, that's clear. Now that's the forward. That's the forward. And backwards, I am not the man. <laughs> You hear that, Richard? It's a little muffled, but I think I can hear it. Yes, it's a little right. muffled, but I am not the man. So, what does that say? What does that mean? Well, it's saying for us, I have the body of a pig. I am not the man. Congruent reversal. Yeah, I am a body of a pig, and I am not a man. I, so I it's congruent. In other words, it's credible. This is an actual EVP yeah. or yeah, an actual spirit voice. Yeah. Now, I want to play you the. Best EVP I have ever heard, ever. And I think I played this on your show once before, but it's very appropriate for this. Okay, I was analysing the uh, 40-minute recording of the Jim Jones, Jonestown Massacre. Yes. Back in 1979. And I was analysing it, and we got to the end of the tape, and everyone's died, and there's just empty sound. And then I heard this very faint, 
voice backwards. Backwards. It's fine. You're going to have to listen. So here we are. We're right at the end of the tape. Everyone's died. I yeah. do. I, I heard a little murmuring, but before that, I mean, what is that ominous? It almost sounds like music or wind. Oh, what is yes, that they sound? Were playing music. Oh yeah. Yeah. While they were all taking. Well, the, well, oh, I see. Okay. The they, were, with the they were playing music. While they were drinking the Kool Aid, they were listening to that music. Okay, so that little murmuring voice. Okay. Voice. We run up backwards, and it says, "Here's the door, and Mister Jim Jones." Welcome. Now, what's the odds of Jim Jones's name appearing? And here's here. I'll play it, then we'll talk about what it what might mean. Here's the door, and Mr. Jim Jones, welcome. Do it again. One more. Yes, it's, it is difficult to hear because you have to separate out the background right. music, but I can I can make it out if I really concentrate. Right. I hope uh, people at home can I hear hope. it. I wish it wasn't so faint, but anyway, but that's what it is. But the odds, I mean, here's the door. It's almost like someone saying, well, and they don't call him Reverend Jim Jones. It calls him Mr. Jim Jones, so I find that interesting in and of Right, itself. right. Here's and the door to hell, perhaps. Exactly how I interpret it. Yes, and they don't give him the uh, respect of being a reverend because he's just killed 930-odd people. Horrible, horrible chapter. Now, isn't that interesting, though, that the voice was speaking backwards, Uh and then when you did the reversal, it comes out forwards? Yep, yep, yeah. How rare rare is that? Very rare, yes, very rare. That's that's a, a, a complete backwards EVP. And I think you are listening to the voice of hell. Yeah. Is what you're listening to. I think right. that. Have that you ever run across that before, Christian? An EVP that is backwards, and then you have to play. You have to reverse it to get the forward speech. This has got to be the first time I've heard anything like that. When David sent this to me, it was uh, I was driving, and uh, I just about crashed the car because it was it was a stellar discovery. It was just out of this world. No pun yeah. intended. We have yeah. time for one more quick one. Okay, here is Houdini's wife at a seance looking for to speak to Houdini. It is the spirit of Houdini we wish to contact. Ah, oh, okay, and it says, Houdini, move it. Right, she held seances on the anniversary of his death, Halloween night, right. for years and years, hoping right. to reach out to her right. dead husband. So what is the reversal saying again? Houdini, move it. I'll do it again. Houdini, move it. You hear that? Right. So this is the voice of Houdini's wife. And what does that mean, Houdini, move it? Well, it means she's congruent. She is congruently trying to get in contact with him. This is not a con. Houdini, move it. Move the table. Move the chair. Move something. Right. Right. And there's this dispute, this argument has gone on for years where she supposedly did receive an after death message from Houdini through a psychic. She signed a letter indicating that and then she did an about face several months later and said, no, it never happened. So, you know, which one do we believe? I have no idea. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, gentlemen, thank you both. Uh, This has been fascinating. David John Oates, Christian Dicadu, the co-hosts of Reverse Speech Radio. You can listen new episodes every Thursday. Go to reversespeech.ca. We'll talk again soon, guys. Okay, thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks to uh, Owen Wolf and Ryan White. Back next week with a brand new show. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.